Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. It is actually July the 4th, 2020, at the time that I'm recording this podcast, what is often referred to as Independence Day, right? And uh, that's sort of true, but not exactly true. And you go, what in the world are you talking about? And I think this really goes to so much of what we see in Scripture and even the way we live life. There's so many things that we think are true, that we've been taught are true, and sometimes they're flat out not true. Other times there are shades of truth and untruth with them or incomplete understanding. Perhaps is the best way to say it. Uh, July the 4th celebration is one of them because John Adams, our second president, uh, was there. And he wrote his wife about what occurred when they agreed to uh, do this, declared of themselves independent. And he wrote a very, very florid letter about how this should be a time of celebration. And it would be celebrated for all times as a nation that July the 2nd would go down in history as a date to be remembered. July the 2nd. And that was when they actually voted for independence. Uh, the, the 4th of July is when they, I think they signed the document, it was written out and all that kind of stuff. So the 4th became the day. But it wasn't exactly uh, as cut and dry as we like to think. Thus is life, right? Another great example I like to use all the time uh, in the Bible studies and stuff are is this. If you ask people, who's the first president of the United States? What are you going to say? Well, to start with, you smell a rat when I say the question like that, right? <laughs> You think, what is he up to? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. The idea is everybody's going to say, well, <clears throat> George Washington, right? Well, yes, he's the first president under the current Constitution. But prior to that, under the Articles of Confederation, there were 14 men that served as president 16 times. You say, how can 14 men serve 16 times? Well, obviously, a couple of them served twice. So... Really, the very first president of the first Continental Congress was Peyton Randolph. And so there's debate over who the first president was, because was it him? Or was it John Hancock, who was the one that was president over the Continental Congress when the Declaration was signed? Or was it Sam Huntington, who was president over the Continental Congress when the Articles of Confederation were ratified and when they took effect? Or was it Thomas McKeon, who was the first president under the Articles after they were ratified and a president was elected? Was it him? Or was it John Hansen, who was the first president who actually served a whole year under those articles? Because there was a couple of them that served like four days or a few months. The presidency was a different type of thing. It was a presiding thing over the Continental Congress. Now, according to the Constitution, it's an executive role and position, which has grown to be far, far more than uh, what the Constitution allows for, uh, literally within our lifetimes particularly from the 50s and 60s on, it is ramped up into this uh, uh, this executive type of thing that was never to be. And so we're sort of paying a price for that. So I share all this just from the perspective that so often we think we know what the complete and total truth is about something, and there's really a lot more to it than that, a whole lot more to it than that. So today, 
as we are celebrating and reflecting upon the blessing and the glory that the Lord has given us to live upon the land that we live upon at the time we live, even though it's difficult times, remember so much of what you see right now and so much of what you hear right now is not the fullness of truth. There'll be just enough truth in there to deceive you. But for the most part, if you're watching uh, major media, mainstream media, you're being lied to at a multitude of levels. Uh, and nothing new. As a matter of fact, we've been going through the 119th Psalm, and we're seeing exactly that. Let me read these last verses of the most recent stanza we're up to, and you'll see. Verse 157 says this, Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, yet I do not turn aside from your testimony. <clears throat> Here the psalmist is acknowledging that in his life he has persecutors and he has adversaries. There are some that were from without, from foreign lands that were seeking to come against him. There were many from within. We are experiencing the same thing as a nation. We look at it and say, well, this turmoil is all from within. This is us against us. <clears throat> Yes, but it's being fomented by those from without to stir up those within. It's an old tactic, nothing new, okay? Just have eyes to see, learn what the truth is about things, and it becomes very, very obvious and very evident. But what does he say he's going to do? I'm not going to turn aside for the testimonies, Lord. I'm going to keep your testimonies. This is what we need to do. We as a people, we as a nation need not turn away from the testimonies and the word of the Lord. These folks were intense. Verse 158 tells us, I behold the treacherous and loathe them. I'm always reminded of Jim Carrey in the Grinch movie that he did. He had a great line. He went loathe. He was talk, looking at names of the people in the city, and he loathed these one group of people, this one family. Same type of thing. He says, I behold them. They're treacherous and I loathe them. Why? Because they do not keep your word. He said, my persecutors and my adversaries are coming against me, but I'm not going to turn away from your word. I'm not going to turn away from your testimony. I see them. I behold these treacherous ones and I loathe them because they do not keep your word. Let me tell you, there are many that are treacherous and many that loathe. They don't keep your word and they are in our midst, folks. Politically as a nation, they're in our midst. Organizationally, in religious organizations, they are in our midst. Quite often in high leadership positions. Okay, They do not keep your word. <clears throat> if they do not keep the word of the Lord, then don't give heed to their word. Verse 159. Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. And if you remember in the previous episode, we saw that three times in this particular stanza, he calls for the Lord to revive him. So he's asking the Lord now, hey, you know, God, consider how I love your precepts. You know I love your precepts. You know that I'm not turning from your testimonies. You know that I'm keeping your word and they're not keeping your word. So in light of that, Lord, revive me. And see, the psalmist is resting upon these truths. He knows these truths. He knows all this stuff about God, but he's still beaten down. And he's saying, Lord, you are the one that can revive me. And please do so according to your love and kindness. Now, the last verse, verse 160. The sum of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting. That is a great declaration. It gives us insight to everything, does it not? He says the bottom line is this. When you total up everything, 
of all your word, it is truth. Every element of the word of the Lord is truth. I think we have to search the truth out. I think we have to uh, learn the truth and know the truth and make sure that we don't see it through the colored lenses of our lives, our experiences, our society, our culture. So often we want to come along and read the word, then we superimpose ourselves upon and into the word rather than reading in the word in the way that the Lord has designed it for us. And that's something that you need to discover. Maybe we'll talk about that some other time. So the sum of your word is truth. What the Lord says is truth. And every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting. All these things we've been seeing in this psalm, the testimony, the ordinances, his words, okay, his precepts, his commandments, his instructions, all of them are everlasting. They're all good, okay? They're all truth. So if his truth is everlasting, not only from our point of time forward, but from our point of time backwards, because truth is and has been and always will be truth. It will never cease being truth. It is therefore everlasting. Think about that for a while, okay? Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode.